Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to The Passing Shot, the tennis catch-up podcast serving you with the latest news, gossip and results from the ATP and WTA circuit and British tennis. Ready? Play. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello guys and welcome to The Passing Shot. This is a breaking edition um, of your favourite tennis podcast. Um, We're going to be discussing tonight um, the Davis Cup. Uh, the Davis Cup, um, if you're not aware, today went through quite a you know quite a big quite a big event in you know in its history, quite, a, quite you know a landmark event, if you will. Um, basically, there was a, a big vote um, to decide on reforms for the Davis Cup. Now, uh, you might have seen in the press over kind of the last um, few months or so that uh, an investor group called uh, Cosmos um, was uh, brought in. Uh, came in to the tennis world, um, fronted by uh, Gerard Piquet, Barcelona footballer, um, and basically wanted to change uh, what we know as the Davis Cup. Um, so they sent a proposal into the to the ITF, and essentially what they wanted to do was make the Davis Cup the World Cup of tennis. So rather than kind of it building um, over the like you know over the whole season, it would be focused on kind of a one week event at the end of the season, uh, a tennis World Cup with eighteen teams, eighteen countries competing uh, to become the overall winner, um, which incorporated um, a round robin followed by a knock- knockout stage. So if you think FIFA World Cup in the summer, but yeah, essentially for foot, for for tennis. Um, so that was kind of their main proposal, um, with a qualifying event, um, earlier in the season, um, in, in around February time, um, in which you would play one country and the winner would go through, um, to the event at the end of the season. Um, so that was the proposal, um, that they, um, that was a proposal that they kind of put to the ITF. And since then, the ITF have basically gone out to all of the countries who, who can vote on the matter and ask them uh, you know, how they're going to vote. Um, and that vote um, happened today. Now, in order for these reforms to take place, they actually needed two-thirds uh, majority uh, to pass. Um, and it was, you know, in the kind of build-up to it, it sensed it was going to be you know, quite a tight vote. Um, you know, there are a lot of, you know, as much negativity there was on kind of social media to kind of these wholesale changes. Um, you know, some countries yeah, came out for and then some came out um, against. 
from a British perspective, um, the issue was kind of complicated by um, this kind of, well, by the relationship between British tennis, the Lawn Tennis Association, and Wimbledon, the All England Lawn Tennis Club. Now, the LTA, British Tennis, um, have the votes, so they have the power um, on the matter, um, but the All England Club did the quite a curious thing in that even though they don't have any any kind of power on the matter, they don't have any votes, they came out and publicly backed uh, these reforms. And a lot of people, when that happened, a lot of people kind of felt um, in the press that this was the All England Club kind of exerting pressure um, on the LTA, trying to influence them, trying to get them to, um, to kind of agree with them and uh, vote for the reforms as well. Um, the reason for this is that a lot of kind of a lot of funding, for example, uh, for the LTA comes from the All England Club, and you know you don't want that sort of friction between you know the governing body and the club that runs kind of the biggest um, tennis tournament, biggest opportunity to engage with fans um, in the UK. Um, so there was this kind of kind of almost this wonder about yeah what the LTA were going to do. Um, after you know the All England Club kind of had had come and publicly stated you know that they were all in for um, for these changes, so we found out um, in kind of this timeline. We found out uh, I think around yesterday that the LTA um, had decided in terms of voting that they weren't going to um, back the uh, Davis Cup reform. Um, they said no to it and to kind of to their credit I think this was looked at very positively by fans and by um, you know people by ex-players and kind of uh, journalists as well Um, and I think you know a big reason for that is that you know as the national governing body you know they should be looking at you know getting people um, involved and in participating in tennis um, and Davis Cup is a big part of that, in particular with, you know, in particular with home ties. Now, this reform gets rid of that idea of home and away ties. So um, I think, you know, for me, it's uh, I think it was quite clear that, you know, they they kind of had the the LTA had the interests of the you know the fans in mind. And it would have felt almost like kind of stabbing them in the back if they went um, and agreed with a proposal that would take tennis away from the UK and put it in a in a fixed venue, um, which is what the the reform um, would suggest. So, looking at Tennis Australia, uh, their matter has been complicated by um, over the last kind of few months or so they've signed an agreement with the ATP so the people who run men's tennis um, for an event um, that will begin um, I think in in 2020 which is called the World Team Cup Um, again uh, this is kind of like a you know team-based event you know I guess similar to to Davis Cup um, but will run um, in January um, after the Australian Open um, you know, there's not as many details on this just yet, but again, to me, it just shows the, you know, 
there's like loads of these competitions going you know going about at the moment and you know tennis australia and atp are backing one whereas like the itf um and other organizations are are, are backing another um so the tennis australia because they're obviously backing this new event in you know their own country were again um like the lta didn't um didn't want to back um, and 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 voted no against these davis cup uh, reforms um so those were kind of two quite big uh big um no uh, quite big no votes um i think the tennis australia and the lta they get the both the maximum number of votes um i think which is around 12 or 13 um so um so yeah but again you know what kind of happened was despite all these kind of uh no votes coming in um it was uh it was passed and um yeah now um it's kind of almost you know set in stone for next year um and you know there's already kind of fallout from it and i think there are a few you know big issues now that um you know we need to look at um one particularly um from a british perspective um is looking at the ties still going on in the davis cup so great britain is scheduled to play uzbekistan um at home um in uh um after the us open and this tie effectively doesn't have any meaning to it anymore now if these proposals hadn't gone through um you know the loser of this tie you know would have been relegated to the zone below um but because this doesn't look like that's going to be happening anymore um uh, great britain uh, will be put regardless into this qualifying round for the world cup of tennis um in uh, february time next year regardless of they if regardless of whether they uh, win or lose um and kind of just on that um find just kind of another you know element to the you know more of a longer term thinking to kind of you know what does this mean for british tennis um the other thing to think about is that you know the fact that we've got <clears throat> the fact that we've got uh we're losing you know potentially we're losing home home ties from the davis cup um you know over you know sustained period of you know the same period so for example you know instead of potentially having you know three home ties in the davis cup a year um or whatever um we've now only maybe got one in that kind of qualification round um so you know that minimizes um that minimizes the kind of events kind of major events that that the british public the british fans can can get involved in um in tennis in the uk um and i think you know the the issue here is that um you know if you're trying to obviously increase participation major events is a big part of that um and the new reforms to me kind of almost take that away um and if we fast forward a couple of years um you know we have to think about you know the world tour finals um which has been in london for the last you know several years um 
you know, that is coming up. Uh, the contract for that at the O2 is coming up, I think, in, uh, I think in 2019. And, you know, there's going to be pressure on moving that tournament out of London to, you know, another part of the world. Um, you know, it could stay, you know, it could stay in the UK. And I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the O2 kind of rebid for it. But, um, you know, let's look at a kind of worst case scenario. And if the World Tour finals moved, um, if the World Tour finals moved out of the UK, du- doubled that with the, sorry, coupled with, you know, losing home ties in the Davis Cup, you've vastly reduced kind of major events um, that, you know, British tennis fans can get involved in. Um, and, you know, that's not, that's obviously not ideal when you're, you know, trying to grow the sport. So, you know, that will be something I think, you know, British tennis will, you know, be looking at and going to need to be strategizing for um, in the future. Um, you know, I think it's it's hard to say what's, you know, what's going to happen. You know, there's a lot of, you know, what ifs, uh, you know, what if scenarios. Um, but I think one thing that should happen um, sooner rather than later is that Queens be upgraded um, to a Masters event. Um, and that may be seen as a sort of compromise, um, but um, I mean, possibly, but, you know, for me, that's a good place to spot good place to start you know there's no there are no um masters events um you know the tier just below grand slams there's none of those on a grass court at the moment um and it seems to me that queens is in is in is one of the tournaments in best best place um suited to 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 offer that so you know i think that is something that they could potentially look to do um if they're looking at kind of um making sure that they've got events that are big enough um, outside of Wimbledon um, that can then bring in the British public. Um, so that's that from a kind of British uh, perspective. Um, you know, the other kind of looking at a more global perspective, um, you know, today the reaction has been overwhelmingly negative. Um, and the thing that kind of interests me is that it's negative from lots of different point of views. You know, the press aren't, you know, the press aren't happy about it. The players aren't happy about it. Fans aren't happy about it. Um, so you're kind of wondering, like, who, who is happy about it? And it, it just seems to me that it's kind of, obviously, the, the, the governing bodies and, and, and the countries are. Um, you know, a lot of players have come out and said that, you know, they weren't consulted really, um, for this for this process, fans weren't you know fans weren't consulted by their governing bodies either. So you know there's a kind of a lot of there's already kind of a lot of heat there for something that hasn't even you know that hasn't even started yet, and it's got to the point where there's actually you know players coming out on social media saying that they refuse they they are flat out refusing to take part in this new event. Um, Lucas Puy um, from France is is one of those players, and you know you wonder, you know, you know if people are feeling so passionate about this, is a boycott, you know, is that potentially on the cards by, you know, the big players, or or even countries, you know, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Now, the 
counter-argument to that is that the, um, that the Olympics, um, the IOC, this is where you know, they come into kind of this, uh, you know, this, uh, well, this mess really, um, you know, the ITF possibly now could put pressure um, on the IOC to make this new form of Davis Cup uh, mandatory to the top players if they want to become Olympians, if they want to be, you know, play, um, you know, in the Olympics. Now, that would be a kind of a shrewd move in order to get buy-in um, from the big players and also from the players who, you know, are kind of maybe half, you know, half, you know, half interested in the event. Um, so again, that's kind of a nav- another avenue that I think will develop um, over the, you know, over the next kind of, you know, six months, year or so, kind of understanding, you know, the pathway, yeah, to the Olympics and how this new event, um, you know, fits part of that and whether, you know, the ITF almost use it as a way to get buy-in, to get buy-in from players. Um, so, yeah, so that's another thing that I think will will kind of develop and we'll see in, in the news. Um, the other thing this is kind of uh, brought up um, is around uh, this idea. I mean, you know, tennis is a sport I've followed for kind of, you know, all my life. And it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, uh, an investment you know, an investment company that I've never heard of, backed by a guy who's never, you know, not had a, not had any experience playing tennis, has actually played football um, his whole, you know, his whole career, can come in um, and basically, you know, cause an absolute, you know, seismic shift in, in the tennis landscape. Um, you know, if you flip that on its head... I don't think someone from the tennis world could go into the football world and, you know, completely, you know, reinvent the World Cup. Um, That seems preposterous. But, you know, you flip it around and for some somehow it obviously seems, you know, reasonable in in the tennis world. Um, And, you know, I understand that, you know, obviously money, you know, is a is a big part of it. Um, But it's just kind of. It's just very, it's just to me very, you know, surprising that this is, you know, these reforms have kind of taken, um, have come from like an, you know, an outside source um, that, you know, has not really got a background or, you know, a pedigree at all in, in tennis. I thought it, you know, would have come from, you know, at least within the kind of general tennis, you know, tennis sphere. Having said that, more pos- on a more positive note, you know, perhaps it needed this such such a disruptive thing to happen um, in order to kind of reinvigorate interest in the Davis Cup. Um, I think, you know, no doubt, you know, people are, you know, kind of sceptical already about this event. But um, I think, you know, overall, people did feel that, you know, the Davis Cup did need some sort of change. I just think that their beef is that, they just think that this is perhaps a bit too radical. Um, and, you know, a lot of it will be, you know, we'll have a, you know, the first event and, you know, there'll be 
no doubt there will be teething problems and you know I think there needs to obviously be some flexibility and understanding you know how it it's going to evolve but but yeah but going back to my original point the fact that this is so disruptive maybe it's you know maybe it's the start of something maybe it's the start of something new and will kind of yeah reinvigorate interest in kind of team tennis um but I am a bit wary of you know you can't just apply concepts that have worked in one sport um to another sport and expect the same success so you know I I kind of think you know there's got to be some sort of trepidation uh trepidation there um so those are kind of my you know kind of thoughts on um you know on this kind of this kind of big news today in in the tennis world um the the final point i probably make is that the davis cup is not the davis cup um and that's probably how i'd leave this you know leave this episode you know the well, even if we're calling it uh you know even if we're calling this event the davis cup next year for many people this is not you know this is not what they grew up with watching this is not what they have been playing it's something completely different um and to call it the davis cup seems a bit fake um so you know whether for me it feels like a fresh start and the davis it almost needs a na- it almost needs a name change um because calling it the davis cup it almost kind of it doesn't feel right in terms of like the heritage and the history you know and the and kind of all that you know all the all the previous editions that have gone before um you know it doesn't feel that it it, it kind of just you know almost brushes that under you know un- sweeps it under the you know the under the table um and is starting afresh but kind of using yeah using um you know established names and i just don't understand uh, why that is what you know i think it should be you know it should be something new um so yeah so they're kind of my feelings i think there are some positives uh but at the moment i think the you know the overall feeling is uh, is a feeling of you know negative negativity um you know for ver- you know for various reasons um and you know it's just going to be very interesting to see how this plays out um you know before you know before the first you know round you know before the first round takes place um and also we still have a davis cup competition going on so you know it's going to be you know if we have one of the best kind of finals in years it's just going to add you know fuel to the fire of why on earth are we changing you know something that doesn't you know that doesn't need to be you know that doesn't need to be fixed um so yeah thanks for thanks for listening uh, those are my thoughts on uh, the davis cup uh, reforms uh, remember you can um subscribe to us now on spotify and anchor uh, you can check out the website www.thepassingshot.co.uk um and uh you can follow us on our social media channels on facebook on twitter and on instagram thank you and goodbye
from a British perspective, um, the issue was kind of complicated by um, this kind of, well, by the relationship between British tennis, the Lawn Tennis Association, and Wimbledon, the All England Lawn Tennis Club. Now, the LTA, British Tennis, um, have the votes, so they have the power um, on the matter, um, but the All England Club did the quite a curious thing in that even though they don't have any any kind of power on the matter, they don't have any votes, they came out and publicly backed uh, these reforms. And a lot of people, when that happened, a lot of people kind of felt um, in the press that this was the All England Club kind of exerting pressure um, on the LTA, trying to influence them, trying to get them to, um, to kind of agree with them and uh, vote for the reforms as well. Um, the reason for this is that a lot of kind of a lot of funding, for example, uh, for the LTA comes from the All England Club, and you know you don't want that sort of friction between you know the governing body and the club that runs kind of the biggest um, tennis tournament, biggest opportunity to engage with fans um, in the UK. Um, so there was this kind of kind of almost this wonder about yeah what the LTA were going to do. Um, after you know the All England Club kind of had had come and publicly stated you know that they were all in for um, for these changes, so we found out um, in kind of this timeline. We found out uh, I think around yesterday that the LTA um, had decided in terms of voting that they weren't going to um, back the uh, Davis Cup reform. Um, they said no to it, and to kind of to their credit, I think this was looked at very positively by fans and by um, you know, people, by ex-players and kind of uh, journalists as well. Um, and I think you know a big reason for that is that you know as the national governing body, you know they should be looking at you know getting people um, involved and in participating in tennis. Um, and Davis Cup is a big part of that, in particular with, you know, in particular with home ties. Now, this reform gets rid of that idea of home and away ties. So um, I think, you know, for me, it's uh, I think it was quite clear that, you know, they they kind of had the the LTA had the interests of the you know the fans in mind. And it would have felt almost like kind of stabbing them in the back if they went um, and agreed with a proposal that would take tennis away from the UK and put it in a in a fixed venue, um, which is what the the reform um, would suggest. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.